Well, I woke up this morning at 3.24, and I really felt it was the Lord. I got up, and it's not uncommon for me to get up around those times, and especially the last year or so. And I don't know about you, but I find my time with the Lord between 1.30 and 3.30 is very, very precious. I don't know what it is about that time frame. For me, they call that the witching hour. I guess the witches are afraid of me, praise God, because I get up and I start praying in the Holy Ghost. They got to go, amen. No hex, no vex, no spells, no incantations, no astral projections. Woo! They run when I get up, hallelujah. Amen. And so, um, and I have such great times and just meaningful times with the Lord. And this morning was, was just like that. And I heard the Lord say something very simple but something I know was by his spirit. He said, my people, many of them are frightened. Many of them are afraid. Many of them need to know that everything is going to be all right. I have a word that I already was going to be preaching anyways that correlates exactly with that. And even on Thursday night, if you didn't catch the, the live broadcast on Thursday, you can always go back. It's archived. And I was preaching about comfort. And I guess when I read some of the comments that people are in distress and on anxiety meds and all kinds of stuff because of what's happened in the world or even in the circumstances around them. It really touched my heart. And this morning when I woke up, I heard the Lord say it's so clear to me. Let my people know everything's going to be all right, that you don't have to fret or worry about anything. And the Lord gave me uh, this little word that I spoke last week that I'm going to continue and go much deeper today with and that word was a word that was concerning 2020 moving into 2021. And the word he gave me was the word preservation. Preservation. You know, the Red Sea was all about Israel's preservation. And literally for the last two, three, four months or so, I got to look back and even say over the years, but strong, the Lord has put in my spirit to start talking to the people of God that the people of God, not talking about the world, but the people of God are literally at the Red Sea. It's like a prophetic moment in time. And you must understand the times and the seasons prophetically or in the spirit, not just what's happening currently around you in the natural. And um, I have preached about the Red Sea, not like a whole message about it, but literally I have, those who follow me all these years of uh, preaching, I, I talk about it constantly. It's always in my spirit, but never has there been a time like we're in right now. People feel overwhelmed. They feel left out. People feel hurt. People feel um, uh, their job situation crushing in on the health issues that are going on, family issues, marital problems. It's like here we are, the body of Christ, and we're suffering just as much as the world is, and we really shouldn't be, right, according to God's word. And I think that becomes the issue, that the suffering is much greater for us because we're going, wait a second, God, this is contrary to what your word actually says. He said, let my people go that they may go and worship me. And, um, and, and God says, I'm going to do this with my mighty hand. But it seemed like his mighty hand was pulling them backwards every single day. One plague after the other after the other. And that's every, every plague, it was like this Pharaoh made things tougher and harder for him. It didn't get easier, it got harder. And finally he says, go, get. And they leave and and, and now they're at the place they can't go any further because of the Red Sea. And now they look and they see coming from uh, Egypt 
are the armies of Egypt and Pharaoh himself to take them back as slaves. And so they're filled with fear and wonder and what's going on here. We're trying to obey God and look where we're left. We're left in a place where we've been hemmed in and we can't go any further. And um, of course, this weighed heavily upon the man of God who was Moses at that time because he didn't have an answer either. He's just trying to follow God too. But we know what God says. He says, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. For the enemies that you see today, you shall see again no more forever. Somebody say amen. And I believe that we're in that moment of time that God's people are about to see God's hand come through like never before. And all this has all been about is about God not hemming you in, but hemming your enemies in to bring destruction to them and them alone. And the enemies you have today are going to be gone forever. By the way, this might bless you. I got this report. And I looked it up. I said, oh, my God, it's, it's real. There was an earthquake on well, it would be January 6th, our, our, our time, January 7th in Egypt. So it was 5.54 a.m. January 7th in Egypt, which would make it eight hours earlier, our time, central time, 9.54 p.m. January 6th. And there was a 3.7 to 4.2 magnitude earthquake right in the middle of the Red Sea. Signs and wonders. What's the sign for? To make you wonder. God, what are you saying? God, what are you trying to say? I think God's about ready to do something in the prophetic moment of time with God's people to bring us through the Red Sea. No matter what you feel has got you hemmed today, the good news is God's heard your frustration and has already made a reservation for your preservation. Somebody say amen. You should have said amen a whole lot better than that. I said, God's heard your frustration, has already made a reservation for your preservation. You can't lose. God's saying the time is now. Somebody shout yes. Come on. Father, today we give you all the praise and all the glory and all the honor. Our praise is now ascended before your throne and the angels of God have come with great delight this morning, Lord God, to come into the affairs of man and your people to answer and be responsive to our prayer and to our prophesying and to our declaring today. And the word of God will go forth unchecked, unhindered by any demonic force because, Lord God, you always back your word. Let it go forth in this house. Let it go forth, Lord God, in the airways. We pray in Jesus' name until we're not the same again. Stir us, oh God. Stir us, oh God, that we may believe your word in Jesus' name. And everybody said a big amen. amen. And amen and amen. So preservation. Everybody say preservation. What does that mean? Well, we gave you the definition last week. The, it's, it's this. It's the act, process, or result of keeping something valued alive. 
It's the process of keeping something value intact. It is the process of keeping something value valued free from damage or decay. I think God calling us his children values us in this way. He even said, you are the apple of my eye. You are the royal diadem or the jewel set within my crown. You are so special to me. You are a special people, the Bible says. So he's saying to you, I'm going to preserve you. In other words, I'm going to bring you into a place I value so much that you are going to be alive, intact, and free from damage or decay. How many knows it's always the devil to steal, kill, and destroy? I always try to rhyme it. Steal, kill, and destroy. Come on, somebody. Steal, kill, and destroy. That's what the devil's always trying to do. So when we see destruction and we see murder, when we see um, we see uh, stealing, robbing, we see that we know, I'm talking about of anything in our life, we know the enemy's at work here. That's not the work of God. So get that out of your head. God's not trying to teach you a lesson by destruction. That's not how God does this. So let me make this statement. No matter how difficult life is around you, you need to know that you are in the process of being preserved by God. And the preservation of God ought to bring you hope this morning. God is preserving your health. God is preserving your wealth. God is preserving your joy. God is preserving your family. I said God is preserving your family. God is preserving your integrity. God is preserving your destiny. God is in the process of preserving you for his glory in 2021. How many is ready for some life in 2021? And there are, there are ways in which God works the, this, this out. And, and last week we talked about some of them or one of them. And the one we said, number one is this, is that we found out that faithfulness brings preservation. Faithfulness brings preservation. And we talked how that God, and if you didn't get the message, go back. Again, these are all archived and watch it. It'll catch you up. But God tested Abraham and he became the preservation of a nation. See, Abraham was known as Abram. He was not, his name, I don't know if you know his name. I probably could have studied that, but I didn't. But his name did not mean what it meant after it was changed to Abraham. Abraham means a father of a multitude, a father of a nation. Here he is, an old man, 100 years of age. His wife's about 90 years of age. They're way past the time of childbearing. And here God says, I'm going to make you a promise. The promise is this. This, you will be a father of a multitude. And out of you, I'm going to bless all my lineage. In other words, I'm going to start, I'm going to start a whole new people with you, a race of people are going to come out of you, the Jewish race, race and I'm going to call them my people, and I'm going to bless them. If they bless you, I'll bless them. If the other nations bless you, I'll bless them. But if they curse you, I'm going to curse them. And by the way, you may not like this, but you need to study your Bible. That's why we at Faith Builders are going to bless Israel because we want the blessing of God upon us. We don't want the cursing of God upon us. And as a nation, we should be always, always reminding ourselves we must bless uh, the nation of Israel. And I'm off topic a little bit, but just I'm going to remind you something. Right now, there's a lot of persecution going on about Israel and about the Jewish people. Just remember, the devil's always trying to single out a group of people to put a bunch of blame on. So we know that there's still God's chosen people, but yet he grafted us in. And so we are actually of a better covenant, the Bible says. And we're now the, we are the, now the nationality of God in the sense that our ethnicity doesn't matter. It's the fact that we've been born again. And so now we're the children of God of all different walks and kinds of life and different colors of skin and so on. And we are all one nation under God. Amen, somebody. 
And that's always God's best. So we see that Abraham was promised this at, a, at an impossible age. Impossible. You're talking about a Red Sea moment. He can't do nothing about it, folks. His wife is too old. And he said, God said, the, the, the one you're going to have, this promised child, is going to come out of her body. So it's a double whammy of faith here. And the Bible says that Abraham was faithful. He was faithful in what God required of him. He was faithful in doing what God asked him to do. And we found out this, that faithfulness sustains you. Faithfulness advances you. Faithfulness rewards you. And faithfulness will ultimately preserve you. I want you to see that God rewards your faithfulness. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 28, verse number 20, a faithful man or woman, come on, it's all universal, a faithful man will abound with what? Blessings. What does blessing mean? It means the empowerment to prosper, to do well, to go over, to arrive in your destination or arrive in your destiny. Everybody say amen. So you can see that when a faithful man is doing what God's asked him to do, he is blessed. He prospers in everything that he does, everything he touches, everywhere he goes. It's like an impossibility, but yet God pours out the blessing of prosperity upon them. Also, they end up doing what God says they were going to do. They end up going over and arriving into their destination. Going over what? Every obstacle the devil has laid out. Every obstacle family members have laid out. Every obstacle your lineage has already decided for you to be. You see, you see, your family might label you, but God's got a different name that is already written in the Lamb's Book of Life concerning your destiny. And you have to understand that God says, if you're faithful, that's how you pull it out. That's how you extract my, extract my best out of my, 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 my will for your life. And, and, and here we see here, this is from Jesus in, in, in Matthew chapter 25, verse 21. He says, his Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. I'm going to talk about this for just one second. You got to do what God's asked you to do, but you must do it with a willing and obedient heart. It can't just be obedient without being willing. Y'all didn't hear that. Some of y'all doing, I'm, I, I gotta love you. I gotta, I gotta love you. That's not what God's requiring of you. Yes, he wants you to love them, but he also wants you to be willing to love them. Well, I gotta forgive you. The Bible says I gotta forgive you. So I guess I will forgive you of the wrongs. The wrongs you have done to me. That's not forgiveness. And God's not just asking for the obedient act of it. He's asking that you would be willing and obedient. And those who are willing and obedient will eat the what? The good of the land. I like what the, new, what the old King James says. He says, you will eat the fat of the land. Come on, somebody say amen. So, <laughs> so you have to be faithful. Amen. I like what Pastor Robin said. Who's going to eat their last meal? Come on, today, the best meal they had all, in the whole, all year? No, all last year. Amen. Because <laughs> we go into fasting tomorrow. Hallelujah. What you do faithfully in private, God rewards openly. 
What you do faithfully in private to God, God rewards openly. I remember years ago, most of you have heard this testimony from my wife and I, probably bored of it, but it's our story. Amen. It's, I can't make anything else up. It's our story. And when we first started the ministry with my folks in, in 1989 in Beloit, Wisconsin, um, we didn't have any job responsibilities. We were happy to be there receiving the word of the Lord and just growing, you know. I had just come back to the Lord about a about just months earlier, actually. And and so here we are, and we're in the front row just absorbing the word of God. And my dad comes to me and says, hey, son, uh, we're renting this facility, and, you know, they're complaining about the bathrooms, and they're kind of, you know, dirty and stuff. I don't even know if we're doing that, we're, not, we're dirtying them up or not. He said, but would you, you Robin, just check the, the men's, the two men's rooms and the two women's rooms before we leave the building? Just make sure they're straightened up and taken care of. And, and we said, yes, we'll do that. Uh, did you feel called to preach the word of God? I absolutely felt called to preach the word of God. But my first responsibility was not to preach the word of God. My first responsibility was to be faithful in what I was asked to do. And so we would do that. We went, went and we checked the bathrooms and got the spit wads off the mirrors and the stuff off the ground. You can't imagine what's on the grounds, praise God. How come you can't get in the toilet? I don't understand why. Just why can't it be there? But kids are kids, hallelujah, and stuff gets everywhere. So you clean it up, you, you wash it down, you get it right. I don't ever remember one time complaining, thinking, man, I'm, this is beneath me. I, I got to talk to my dad. I'm not doing this no more. I'm going to get somebody else to do this response. But I was just happy to do it. It took us like 30 minutes, 20 minutes to do it, and we were done with it. And then we were moving on. Next thing you know, my dad asked me not to go through all the details of what we did, but these are the big ones. He said, um, we don't have anybody for the youth. We got like six or seven young people coming. Would you guys pray about taking the youth? We said, we'll do it. We'll do whatever you ask us to do. And we did that for the next six, seven years. We did that. And we watched that youth group begin to grow slowly but surely. But we were responsible over a few. But now look what the Lord has done. God's made us a voice within a region. God's given us a great church of people to pastor. And now he's exploding it on the internet. Praise God. You know, this is big stuff, but it doesn't start this way. The faithful man abounds in the blessing. It's the one who's ruler over a few things can be ruler over much more. That's not even on me to, to do. That's on him to give. He promotes. Promotion comes from the Lord through my faithful acts. Somebody say amen. amen. Number two, uh, perseverance. Everybody say perseverance. Perseverance brings preservation. Perseverance brings preservation. Uh, this is having a no-quit spirit about you. No-quit attitude. I'm not going to give in. I don't care what it looks like, how it feels. I'm going to stay the course and keep doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I want you to look at Luke chapter 18, verse number one. And this is out of the message translation. I asked him to put it up on the screens too. Um, and I thought, I can't say this better than this says it. This is so incredible. Watch this. Perseverance, right? Jesus told them a story showing that it was necessary for them to pray consistently and never quit. That's that, that, that perseverance. He said, there was once a judge in a city, some city, who never gave God a thought, never cared nothing about people, and a widow in this, that city kept after him. My rights are being violated. Protect me. He never gave her the time of day. But after this went on and on, he said to himself, I care nothing what God thinks, even less what people think. But because this widow woman won't quit badgering me. I'd better do something and see that she gets justice. Otherwise, I'm going to end up beaten black and blue by her pounding. <laughs> the master said, do you hear what that judge corrupt as he is is saying? 
So what makes you think God won't step in and work justice for his chosen people who continue, come on, persevere, to cry out for help? Won't he stick up for them? I assure you, he will. He will not drag his feet. But how much of that kind of persistent faith will the Son of Man find on the earth when he returns? God is looking for people who won't quit, who won't back down, who won't cave in, but keeps on putting one foot in front of the other foot. Come on, somebody. Keeps moving forward. How? In faith. I'm coming to get what has been promised me. And this woman knew, though that judge was unjust, if I just keep on being persistent and persevere, he's got to give me my justice. Somebody shout yes. God wants to do the same thing for you. The problem is we quit right at the 11th hour. We quit at 11.55 thinking God's not going to do it. But I've got news for you. The moment Daniel opened his mouth to pray, God heard and responded and sent an archangel to assist him. The moment he opened his mouth, but there was a battle. Daniel had to persevere in prayer and fasting until that angel gave him the victory. Tap your neighbor and say he's talking about you. Her perseverance church, this widow who had no authority, but she knew somebody who had the authority, who had the answers, her perseverance triumphed and preserved her. Perseverance doesn't get embarrassed. I'm preaching really, really good now. And I'm here to tell you that the devil will always try to shame you. He'll always try to embarrass you, always try to put you down so that you will quit and quit asking. Get back to your place. Get back there. Don't come to the front no more. Every time you come, you're going to get punished. But I believe we have a people here this morning that doesn't care what anybody else thinks about them. They're going to shout their shout. They're going to dance their dance. They're going to praise their praise. Come on! And they're going to relentlessly press in until they get their answers from God. Somebody shout yes. I think we're about on the verge of a breakthrough. I think God's about to send the wind of heaven and separate the waters. And we're about to walk across on dry ground. Your miracle is in the works. Somebody shout yes. Glory to God. Then you got that woman with the issue of blood. And she knew she was dying and spent all her money and couldn't get any better. All the insurance ran out. All the doctors couldn't, couldn't do no more for her. Everything, she had no money left. And she heard about Jesus who was doing miracles. And she said within herself, if I can only but touch the hem of his garment, I know I will be made well. Something inside of her said, I just got to step out one more time. I've done everything I could, but I'm going to persevere until I get to Jesus. And if I can touch him, I'll get my miracle. You're touching him this morning, right now with your shout. You're touching him with your prayer. You're touching him with your praise. Come on. 
And she, I don't know how she did it. I don't know how she could have done it. Weak, anemic, internal hemorrhaging. She's bleeding to death. But somehow she gets up. And on the word she speaks, goes, finds where he is. And I don't know how she does this, but the Bible says he was at a throng around him and nobody could get to him. But somehow it was like she was doing a supernatural dance, backing it into people, pulling into people, moving here and moving there. Next thing you know, she's right next to Jesus. It's a miracle. She falls down and touches his tallit, touches the very bottom of the hem of his prayer garment. And when she does, Jesus said, hey, who touched me? They said, Jesus, there's thousands of people here today. Everybody's touching you. We can hardly walk down the street. He said, I know they've been touching me, but not like somebody just did touch me. For I have felt virtue. I felt power leave my body. The woman trembling said, it was me. And he said, woman, you are healed. Go in peace. And she was healed in that very moment and walked away with the peace of God in her life. We need to get the peace of God back in our lives. We need the touch of the Messiah back in our lives. Can't handle this stuff on your own. Too far gone. You've got to press into him. What's up with these women? Another woman. She's got a child at home that's dying. Mama, don't give up on her children. She don't get embarrassed real easy. Screams out after Jesus walking. said, please, son of David, have mercy. Heal my daughter. Heal my, my child. And, and they said, get away from him. Finally, Jesus turns back and says, you know we don't have anything to do with you. We're, 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 of, the, we're of the Jews. You're of Samaria. And, 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 and she says, I know, but even the little dogs get to eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. Have mercy upon me. Jesus wasn't trying to be rude. He was showing something here. And she must dig deep to get her miracle. And there was nothing going to stop her and no embarrassment was going to cause her to quit. Somebody say amen. And so... He said, this moment, this hour, your child is made well. And she was healed in that verb. You know, I, I, I'll tell you, that perseverance stuck with me. But I, 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 yesterday, I said, Lord, I notice that it's almost always a woman who perseveres the most in Scripture. Have you ever noticed that? It's almost a, the woman you'll see crying out harder than the men. Not that they don't, but more than. I noticed that. And I heard the Lord. I began to write. And it shall be a woman again, a woman's grace and a woman's voice that will shake the very forces of hell 
For I am raising up the woman, says the Lord, and it will be known as the decade of the woman. You shall read about it and see it online and in your news and all over the world. Why a woman? Why would I choose a woman, says the Lord? Because what I'm about to do next requires a birthing and nurturing that will bring forth a movement on earth that has never been seen before. And with it will come a sound, a certain sound, the sound of deliverance, says the Lord. For even in the natural, a woman delivers a child after she become pregnant so shall my women bring deliverance to a generation that has been forgotten and betrayed for the Lord says look and see what I will do for your children and for the children that have been bound I have heard the cry of the innocent and I'm coming to set them free by the hand of a woman says the Lord all the women stand up right now in the house. If you're watching me at home, go ahead and stand up where you're at right now. All the ladies, stand up to your feet right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, we release that anointing upon them in this next phase of their journey, in the next phase of their life, Lord God, and into this decade, Lord God, of the 20s, Father God. Yes, let it be the roaring 20s, Lord God, but not in sin, Lord God, but the roaring of the lionesses. Oh, God, out of Judah, that will bring forth a move of your spirit, Lord God, and save the children bless them anoint them catch them up we prophesy this over them in Jesus mighty name and the church that believed this said amen give the Lord a shout of praise man come on man come on give the Lord another shout of praise number three Let's get dignified, okay? The word of the Lord brings preservation. The word of the Lord brings preservation. Psalms 12, 6. The words of the Lord are pure words, like silver tried in a furnace of, of the earth, purified seven times. You shall keep them, O Lord. You shall preserve them from this generation forever. So when God speaks the word of the Lord to you, remember, it may not just be to you he's speaking, but to the generations that come after you through your lineage, through your line, and just through the church, the body of Christ in general. So he uses the word of God, that God uses his word to preserve even generations. How long? Forever. Okay? Your word of the Lord is forever settled in heaven. So we found out that Jehoshaphat is another great example of this. Completely surrounded, can't move forward, can't move backwards. He's not prepared for war, and now he is now, he is now uh, faced with war. And so now he's at, a, he's at a place where he doesn't know what to do. He was afraid initially, then he goes and prays, and as he's praying, God sends the prophet of the Lord. And the prophet comes to him and says, calm down. God's got this. I kind of felt that this morning when he woke me up at 324 this morning. Tell the people, I got this. Don't need to be afraid. What can, what can happen by worrying? Can you add one cubit to your stature? I got this. Let what he said to Jehoshaphat be the prophetic word of the Lord to you. He said, know this, the battle is not yours. But it's the Lord your God's battle. And he shall fight for you. 
I think sometimes we get that wrong. We think we're supposed to be doing the fighting. And sure enough, we should be doing some fighting in the spirit, but, but not in the natural. And our fight should mostly be, take, uh, Elder uh, Pito, is to take a stand. Standing, therefore, I don't move. That's partly my battle gear. I don't move. I stand. This is where God said to be. And so he said, but now take all your worshipers and send them forth and begin to praise the name of Yah. Begin to praise the name of God. And as you praise God, he will set an ambush against your enemies. And what happened? They did that, and God caused confusion immense amongst the, the armies, and they began to kill one another till they killed everybody out. They all died, and it took them three days. Israel took them three days to go collect the spoils of war. God had great intentions in mind for Israel. They were afraid, thinking they were going to die. And God said, no, just like the Red Sea, I hemmed them in. I brought them to you so I could destroy them so that you could be paid. In other words, you're going to get promoted. You're going to be blessed as a result of this. Who's got eyes to see this this morning? Who's got ears to hear what I'm saying this morning? This is what God's trying to do. Be not afraid. And so based on the word of the Lord, it preserved the nation. The preservation of a nation. Many of you have been trying to fight by conventional means. But God responds differently. The children of Israel have their backs up against the sea. God sends wind to divide the waters. The children of Israel are dying of hunger. God says, sends bread from heaven to feed their bellies. The children of Israel are dying of thirst. God sends water out of a rock. The children of Israel are freezing cold at night. God sends a pillar of fire to warm them and give them light. The children of Israel are burning up in the wilderness during the day. God sends a cloud to cool them off. God preserved them and kept them and will do the same thing for you. If God does miracles, then he's the same God. Today, the Bible says that Jesus Christ said he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Church, the word of the Lord will even preserve the length of your life. Come on. Uh, I'm out of time, but I gotta, I'm going to finish this up. King Hezekiah was told, get your affairs in order. Nothing we can do for you. You're going to die. And the Bible says he turned himself on his bed and looked toward his wall and began to cry out to God. And says, God, will you not remember the good that I've done for you? you will you not remember the things that I did for you that nobody else said I could or, or even I didn't want to do myself, but I was obedient to you? Will you please remember these things and extend my life? And it got the attention of Nathan the prophet. And God said, go and tell my king that because of his prayer, I'm going to extend his life 15 more years. And the prophet came and gave the word. Come on, y'all. Come on, y'all. I see faith rising. I see faith rising. And because of the words, yes, of King Hezekiah to pray in faith, saying, God, remember the good that I have done. Yes, but it got the attention of God. And then the word of the Lord was sent to the king and preserved his life. God will preserve your length of days. God will preserve your quality of life. God will preserve your fulfillment. God will preserve your dreams and your aspirations. Our God forgets not and forsakes not his promises, his words to you. The word of God says that God perfects that which concerns me. God perfects that which concerns me, which means he'll preserve you in the area that brings you the most trouble. God knows what you need most. 
He knows, and I've seen this in my life, in my ministry, just mine, not talking about anybody else's. The word, Lord, how it's preserved people. One thing came to mind uh, just just the other day, I was thinking about this, and this was years ago. We just got in this facility, and this is 2007. And so, and I'm up here, we're closing service on a Sunday morning. Now, typically on Sunday morning, I wouldn't do a lot of prophetic ministry because we have a lot of visitors, and we were very heavy on evangelism. So I wanted to make sure the people understood that we weren't just swing, swinging from the chandeliers here, crazy uh, Pentecostals, come on Thursday nights and you'll get more of that. And so, um, and so but God hit me in the end of the service, and I had a word. And, and the word was to, to bring healing to somebody. And so I stopped and I said, God wants to touch somebody, but not just anybody. There's a certain somebody here today. There's somebody here today. And I, I, began, I said, Lord, who is it? Who is it? I didn't know what to do with this word because I knew it wasn't just anybody. Who is it? What do you want to do here? And so all of a sudden, I hear, I'm going back and forth, and I hear, I said, it's like your name starts with an R. Nobody, 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 nobody. I said, well, you got to give me more than an R here. I mean, this is kind of, I said, all right, guys, I'm going to step out in faith today. I'm going I'm, I'm believe in God to give me a name here. Just stay with me. And I'm doing this on the fly. I'm doing this in front of everybody. So I'm taking the risk of ridicule and embarrassment and everything else. And I was, all of a sudden, I got it. I said, I don't think this is your name, but I think it's your nickname. And I had never heard this name before. I've heard it since. Never before. And I said, um, what's your name? They call you Rafi. They call you Rafi. And, I, said, and I, I got this name. I actually kind of could see it in my, my mind as I said it. Nobody comes forward. You talk about pressure. The pressure on me was just call it a day. Get out of here. Just say the, maybe Rafi should have been here today. Hallelujah, Father. He was supposed to be here. Bless him in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, preachers can lie too. Amen. So I said, get out of that embarrassment. But I didn't. I, I just couldn't. God was on me. Stay with it. Stay with it. Stay with it. I'm being sensitive. I'm trying to be led by the Spirit of God. What's God trying? He's trying to preserve somebody. He's trying to preserve his word. So I'm, I'm, I, I said, I, I can't let it go, guys. Somebody here is called Rafi. And then all of a sudden I had a vision. And I saw it just like that. Out of nothing. Nowhere. And I saw this person putting, hooking himself to a machine. I didn't see what kind of machine it was, but I knew it was a machine. It had a hose. I didn't even know where the hose went. I said, I don't know anything about it, but I see yourself hooked up to a machine at night, and you're very concerned that if you sleep without it, you will die. God wants to heal you. You know how people raise their hand? Nobody. Zero. Then all of a sudden, I heard somebody back go, come on, like that. And I saw a woman jab her husband, and a guy stood up. Well, guess what his nickname was? Rafi. Guess what he slept with every single night? Sleep app machine. I didn't even know about, I didn't know anything about sleep app machines. I didn't know anything about sleep app. I don't think I did during that time, but certainly not a machine. He slept with a sleep app and he was afraid he was going to not, he would stop breathing in the middle of the night. God took the world Lord. That man came finally after his wife made him. You see, it took a woman, praise God, to get there. I'm thinking, what's this guy need? He practically pushed him up there and he got touched from God. And, and from my knowledge, they told me, never had the sleep apnea. That was many years ago, but never had it again. Somebody say amen. Walking across this stage during a time of revival back in 2018, 19, and I'm walking across this stage, and all of a sudden I point to a woman I do not know. And I said, I don't remember how I said it, but I said, the Lord is healing you of cancer right now. Now, how could I know that? I didn't know that. When I said it, I said, what are you saying? What are you doing? But the word of the Lord came forth out of me, and the, the bottom line is that woman had cancer. Her friend that brought her didn't even know she had cancer. She didn't even tell her parents yet. She didn't know how to tell them. And she went back to the doctor's doctor and got a report completely clean bill of health. All the cancer was gone out of her body. 
the word of the Lord preserved that person. Amen. Number four, and finally, faith in God. Faith in God brings preservation. James 1, 2 says, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience or perseverance. Come on, somebody. What? What's that mean? Remember, perseverance brings preservation. So the trial of my faith, my faith in God will always be tried. It's going to get tried, but it brings forth perseverance, which brings forth preservation. How many felt like your faith has been t- tested as of late? Like, God, where are you? Some of you aren't been in a faith crisis. Like, God, I don't even know if this is real anymore. I'm going to tell you right now, God is right now. He's here today, even in the service, he's been ministering to you. That's him reminding you, I'm here, I'm here. It may look like there was no, look, there may look like there's no God when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were thrown in that fire. It may look like there's no God when Daniel was thrown into the lion's den. It may look like there was no God when Jesus Christ was crucified. But it was all a part of the process to bring about the greatest preservation of their known lives. And with Jesus, it was of the whole wide world. Years ago, we were told that we couldn't have children if we, my wife was to be pregnant, it was highly likely that she would miscarriage. And, and they were directing us to not get our hopes up very high. But we were trusting God. We, I just had come back to the Lord. This is in 1989. And I just come back to the Lord. And so we decided we were going to trust God and believe God. I was just a kid, 21 or two years old. How was I, 22, something like that. And said, we're going to trust God. We're gonna, and we started speaking the word of God. And the word of God caused my wife to become pregnant. Nine months, no difficulty, delivered my son. Then my daughter, three years later. And watch this, watch this. What was God doing? God was preserving my own lineage. He was preserving me a family. And my children, when, let me tell you something, when God spoke to us to come to Milwaukee, most of you know the story, it was from the word of the Lord. I didn't have this in my brain and come over, hey, let's go to Milwaukee. Seems like a hot place to start a church. They could really use the people like us, you know? None of that. I was somewhere completely different. And God said, take up and move from here to there. And he said, that's where I'm going to have you be. And so we, 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 we just obeyed God. Had no money, folks. Didn't know anybody. Had nobody to call to help us. Just came. And believed and trust God. And so we came with our two little kids. And, and watch this. The same word of the Lord that preserved me a family. Not only brought me more of a family. We came here. My children both met their mates in this house. I got two grandbabies right there in the front row today. Why? Because we obeyed the word of the Lord. And it preserved our family. But watch this. He grew my family more than that. I got all y'all. Amen. That's what the word of the Lord will absolutely do for each and every one of you. The word of the Lord will preserve you. Somebody say amen to that. 